On the 7th, it was supposed to be my first session with my new therapist. So I went and I won't be going back to that therapist. Welcome back to Life with Games podcast. I'm Emmanuel and I'm all by myself this week. Um, so Esther is out sick this week, but we are committed to bringing you guys an episode, an intentional episode every other week. So here I am covering for the both of us. Um, if this is your first time listening to our podcast, um, it's typically myself and my wife who have been married for 10 years with four kids. And we're just on a journey to make God normal in the everyday stuff of life. Um, each episode, we start with some type of icebreaker question. Um, so I guess I will ask myself some random question. The question is, what is your favorite feature about your wife? Hmm. I knew it. <laughs> as soon as I asked that, she pops her head around the corner. Um I will go with the intangibles, so I won't comment on her body, even though it is nice. Um, I would say it's her commitment. Um, when she commits to something, no matter how big or small, um, she will do what it takes to get it done. That is something that I have always appreciated about my wife. Um, so kudos to my wife for her commitment um, to everything, whatever she's doing. She's fully committed. Um, so yeah. So on that note, we will jump into today's episode. If you guys listened to the last episode, I talked briefly about um, my anticipation of going to my first therapy session um, after last year of just learning and realizing kind of how much of a mess that I am. Um, decided to seek out therapy. And so um, on the 7th, it was supposed to be my first session with my new therapist. So I went and I won't be going back to that therapist. Um, sorry, my wife is now she's coaching me since she's. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so I just want to talk briefly about that session and then a little bit deeper as to um, why I feel like I need therapy. Um, and hopefully there are men or people that can relate. And if it does, maybe um, this episode will encourage you to seek out therapy or some type of help or just growth. Um, so, yeah, so let's jump in. Um, so I went to the therapist's office. Um, I figured I'd have to fill out some additional paperwork or something. So I showed up about 15 minutes early, um, get there and the door is locked. Um, no lights on. So I'm like, okay, maybe they, you know, keep the doors locked and closed until, you know, it's close to opening time or whatever. Um, and then about five minutes till there's nobody still there. Lights are still out. And um, so I called the office and I hear it ringing and I guess it transferred over to this guy's um, cell phone. So he answers and he's like, oh, I'm 
two minutes out. Um, so he was still on the way, uh, but it was more than two minutes because he was late. Um, and so that was kind of the first red flag for me because I am a uh, big on first impressions. Like if I am giving you my money and trusting you with my deepest thoughts, um, the least you could do is be there early or on time and prepared. Um, so he shows up late. Um, and then the next thing is he forgets his keys to his office. So we can't even get into the therapist's office. Um, so we have to, he has to go and ask someone next door, um, if he can borrow keys to another, um, I don't know if it was a community space or just somebody else's little office, but it looked like, um, a makeup tutorial YouTube star setup, lots of glitz and glam. Uh, so here I am a grown man sitting with another grown man in this, uh, purple and pink sparkly room for therapy. Um, so I'm already not having a great feeling about this. And then um, so because he's locked out of his office, he doesn't have his computer, doesn't have his the intake form, um, which I guess is it's a questionnaire that they're supposed to ask you a bunch of questions the first session. So they kind of understand, engage, you know, where you need therapy, where you need help or whatever. Um, but he doesn't have that. And so. He is asking me questions from what he can remember from this intake questionnaire. Um, and he's just writing them down on a piece of paper. And um, it just wasn't like there was no pathway. It just seemed like a lot of random questions. And I don't know, maybe they there was some intent to the line of questioning, but it just, I didn't feel comfortable talking with him. Um, and so we got through the questionnaire, um, and then he started asking some questions. Um, and you just kind of have a feeling whether or not you click with somebody and whether or not you want to start sharing and opening up with people. Um, and I just did not have that feeling of wanting to open up with him. Um, and it's not like I have that with everybody because there are some people, um, whether it's fellows at church or whatever, um, where I don't mind like opening up because I feel connected to them in some way. Um, but it's just with this therapist just did not feel it at all. Um, and so we get through the session and I was, um, underwhelmed, um, I think luckily for me, I had um, this wasn't enough to deter me away from therapy. It's just made me a lot more vigilant to um, do my homework on these therapists before setting up appointments and doing all of that. Um, and then to, I guess, make it not make it worse, but make it sting just a little bit more. Um, I think Esther had her first session. I think a week later or something like that. And, um, she came back and like, she was like, Hey, yeah, we talked about this. We talked about this. And she said, I need to work on this and we're going to focus on this. And like, they just sound like they just had a good old conversation. And so I was 
a little jealous um, that her session worked out. I'm I'm happy and I'm glad that she's found a therapist that hopefully uh, works for her. Uh, but it was just a little disappointed that my session didn't work out. Um, so I posted it on social media and some of you guys commented encouraging words and stuff like that. Um, so I am still committed to finding a therapist. Um, and I have like my sister, she's a therapist. Um, I will shout out if you need a therapist in the Atlanta area, um, let me know and I can connect you with my sister. Um, she's amazing, but she can't be my therapist. Um, Yes, yeah, so I've been talking with her and a couple of their therapist friends that I know um, and just some people who have gone through therapy and they've just encouraged me to stay the course. So that's what I will do. Um, so hopefully uh, at some point this year, I will find a therapist that I can click with. Um, so, yeah, so that was my experience. Um, wasn't the best, but I am committed to therapy. Just got to find the right one. Um so I wanted to spend, um, I guess, the rest of this episode, which definitely won't be long as the usual ones. Um, but I just wanted to share from a um, personal experience why um, I feel like I need therapy as a man. Um, and I will put this disclaimer out there uh, because I think my wife would agree with me that I refuse to be the spokesperson for all men, for all husbands. Um, so this is just my personal experience, my personal opinion. Uh, so do not transfer my experience onto your husband, to your brother, to your friend. Um, let them listen to this episode. And if they agree that it fits them, then cool. And, you know, they can take whatever action steps they need to take from there. Um, but do not listen to this and say to your husband, hey, I think you need therapy because you got this issue. Um, I don't think that would go over too well. So um, just want to share why I feel like I need therapy. Um, so one is um, like I have always been known as the even kill steady guy. Like I've never been one that had extremely highs and extreme lows. Um, I was just kind of always even kill. And I'd consider that um, one of my strongest attributes um, because it was like, you know, I'm not moved by too much. Um whether it was good news, bad news, um, going through stuff, like for the most part, I felt like I just stayed pretty even, pretty steady. Um, and, you know, it was something that was commended by others. Um, but what I realized uh, later down the road, um, so this is within the last two or three years, um, is that I was denying a major part of myself um, because I was essentially cutting off, um, my emotions. And if we think about it, um, God, he has, and he expresses emotions. If you read through scripture, um, it talks about, you know, we see, see examples of him being happy, sad, angry, um, all of these different emotions. Um, and he's created us in his image. So if we are his image bearers, then his DNA includes our freedom and our ability to express 
those emotions. Um, but when we cut that part off, we are rejecting part of our God-given humanity. And so um, after some self-reflection and reading of some books, um, I realized that like, I was even killed because I was rejecting feeling. Like I just refused to allow myself to feel, um, whether it was um, in mourning. Um, so like my wife and I, we've been married for 10 years now. And I think in that 10 years, she's seen me cry once, maybe twice um, over the last 10 years. Um, and during that time, um, I've lost three grandparents. I've lost um, a high school best friend. I've had other um, emotional stuff go on, um, suffered other types of pain, but like I refuse to feel. Um, and I think part of it is because I'd spent most of my life um, putting myself in a position to not feel like suppressing those feelings to where now, even when I want to cry, I can't cry because my body has conditioned itself to shut those feelings down, um, to not allow myself to feel to that extent, to the point where it brings tears. Um, and so I feel like I need to seek out therapy um, to figure out how to unlock these emotions um, because I... I need help. What say you, Esther? Do I need help? Yes, she would agree. Um, and so, yeah, so for 34 years of my life, I was rejecting um, those feelings, uh, rejecting fear, rejecting um, even happiness, like not allowing myself to be um, overly happy. Um, for fear of it all crumbling down or fear of um, like losing and, you know, going from that high to the low. So just kind of stay even keel. Um, but that is, it's not healthy um, because like, I don't know how to mourn. Um, I don't know um, how to genuinely be happy. Um, and I think it even impacts, um, my relationship with my wife and with my kids and with others. Um, because if I'm rejecting my ability to feel and, um, and even my ability to express those feelings, then I can't fully love my wife and she can't fully love me because she doesn't get to know or see, uh, the full me because I never express it or share it with her. Um, and so I'm robbing her of the ability to love me fully and me being able to love her fully as well as uh, my kids and others. And, you know, if the Bible tells us that we are to love our neighbors as ourselves, then if I can't love myself enough to explore and express my emotions in the full gambit of what they are, then how can I even begin to love my neighbors? Um, so that's one reason I need therapy. Um, like I, 
I can't cry. Uh, I think that'd be like the the second one. Um, like I said, Esther's seen me cry once, maybe twice in the last 10 years. And if you double that to the last 20 years, um, I've cried maybe three or four times. Uh, so that takes me back to what, 15, 16. Um, yeah, less than five times. I think I've cried in the last 20 years. Um, and Esther was asking me about that because at our um, previous ministry, the culture there was um, um, not like the extreme emotional, like where people are just in their feelings and just weird about it, um, but just in an earnest, um, like crying out to the Lord type culture. Um, and I feel like in that season, there were um, moments or a time or two where um, I found myself like forcing myself to cry, like as, as a um, uh, earnestness or a like I have to cry to show that I'm sincere about um, this repentance or this prayer or whatever. Um, but it was not a response to the gospel. It was not a response to um, God's love or it wasn't even a response to me feeling the weight of my sin. It was um, like feeling like I just have to cry in order to show others that I'm sincere about, you know, whatever was going on at the moment. Um, but I realized like, crying because crying in response to some type of emotion um, like that's only happened two maybe three times in the last decade um, like I said I've lost um, loved ones over the last decade um, been to funerals and all that and have not shed a tear have wanted to but just been unable to um, and so I need to figure out what's hindering that. I need to figure out how to unlock that um, so I can experience the fullness of the humanity that God has created me in. Um, and so I want to experience that. Um, what else? What else? What else? The other thing I would say is um, so I'm learning some of this language um, so I'm just learning about um, emotional health and stuff like that but I feel emotionally unhealthy um, and so in looking at it um, it says people who are emotionally healthy are in control of their thoughts feelings and behaviors they're able to cope with life challenges life's challenges and they can keep problems in perspective and bounce back from setbacks um, so for me, like I am not in control of my thoughts and feelings because I never allow myself to process them. Um, and so like that may be you, maybe your spouse or someone, you know, um, where they go through something traumatic or they're, you know, hurt or whatever. And you ask them how they're doing and they're like, I'm good or 
I don't know. Um, oftentimes, like those are genuine answers um, because they just don't have the language to process it. They don't have the language to say how they genuinely feel because they've never taken the time to process how they feel. Um, and that's where I found myself um, more times than not. Um, and I know it used to drive my wife crazy because she would ask me how I was doing. And I'm uh, like, I'm good. Um, after, you know, my grandparents passed, um, how are you doing? I'm all right. Um, but like, I never took the time to really process those. Um, and if I could be honest, like I, there's a part of me that is terrified of, um, therapy and the moment that whatever this is breaks, um, like I feel like I'm going to need like three days of solitude to just process and get through everything because um, it's a lot. I feel like there's a lot that's been pent up, uh, but just been unable to fully process it and fully allow myself to uh, feel those things. Um, and so just feeling emotionally unhealthy, like not being able to process, not being able to express um, and even just coping with life's challenges. Like I typically just tell myself, suck it up and keep moving. Like this is what men do. Um, we don't slow down to feel, we don't slow down to, um, like mourn or whatever. We say, Hey, that, you know, that sucks. That was bad, but life goes on and we keep it moving. Um, so hopefully through, um, therapy and just growth and prayer and conversation, um, I can get to a place where I feel emotionally healthy, um, where I can experience the good and the bad and feel the emotions associated with it. Um, and I'm able to process those. Um, so if I could, there's, so I read this book, um, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality um, by Peter Scazzaro. I read this last year, uh, so 2019, and it really helped to um, just continue to give me language for um, for my emotions and just this journey that I'm on. Um, but there was something that he said in here, just a short snippet, um, but he said, to feel is to be human. To minimize or deny what we feel is a distortion of what it means to be image bearers of God. To the degree that we are unable to express our emotions, we remain impaired in our ability to love God, others, and ourselves well. Why? Because our feelings are a component of what it means to be made in the image of God. To cut them out of our spirituality is to slice off an essential part of our humanity. Um, so yes, I think if we are unable to express and process those emotions, um, like we are robbing ourselves of who God has created us to be and called us to be. Um, and I think making God normal in life means also embracing who he's created us to be. Um, and then I just wanted to encourage you with one scripture that just kind of reaffirms what I've been saying is a passage that we hear often um, or 
sometimes we hear often, I think it depends on the circle. Um, but in third John chapter one and two says, beloved, I pray that all may go well with you and that you may be in good health as it goes well with your soul. Um, and I think, um, I believe that the Lord wants us to be in good health. And I don't think that is just physical health, um, but I believe it is emotional and spiritual health as well. Um, and that deals with our soul, too, which deals with our emotions. Um, and so God wants us to be healthy. He wants us to be whole. Um, and so we need to take the time to deal with those emotions Um so if you find yourself in familiar territories as I am, um, I think I've said it on a previous episode where for 2019, I just made a commitment to allow myself to feel like that was my first step. Um, so that meant a lot more journaling um, by the grace of God I and mean, a lot more in-depth conversations with my wife um, and even with some brothers at the church. Um just allowing myself to process those emotions. Um, and as I went through that journey, um, I did learn a lot about myself and I felt like I grew a lot. Um, but there's only so much that we can help ourselves. And I just had to be honest and admit that and say, Hey, like praise God for the journey and the growth that I've seen. But in order for me to get to, um, this next step and be someone who is, um, emotionally mature, then I need professional help um, beyond the church, uh, beyond, you know, conversations with the pastor. Like I need a professional who can help me figure out what's going on in my head and in my heart. Um, and so uh, if that's you, you know, maybe your first step is to spend, you know, the next month or the next year um, giving yourself permission to feel um, like, don't feel like you have to be strong all the time. Like I, I hear it in movies now and I cringe, um, when I hear it, when, you know, it's a, um, mom talking to a son because of, you know, maybe the dad just died or whatever. And, you know, they sit there and tell him, hey, you got to be strong for the whole family. It's like, no, like allow him to be weak, allow him to mourn and grieve and do what he needs to do so that he can be emotionally healthy. Because if he's just strong on the outside, but broken inside, then at some point he's going to break and that's not going to be good for anybody. Um, so, yeah. So allow yourself to enter the journey of emotional health. Um, if it's therapy, seek out a therapist, um, reach out to whoever you need to reach out to. Um, yeah, make it work. Be committed. Um, don't just be committed to your physical health, um, but be committed to your emotional health as well because um, God wants us to be in good health and to prosper even as our soul prospers. Um, so even as our emotions prosper, uh, meaning there should be there should not be a disconnect between the two. So I hope you guys um, were encouraged um, or at least come to understand me a little bit more. Um, but we will be back in two weeks. Um, Y'all keep praying for Esther as she continues to recover from, I don't even know if I said this at the beginning of the episode, but she's been out sick um, the last few days. And um, 
So pray that she continues to recover and um, join us next time as wait before I say that. Uh, be sure to follow us on uh, Instagram. If you don't already, you can follow the podcast at Life with Gains podcast. You can follow me at Life with underscore Emmanuel. And Esther has recently changed her name. So now you can follow her at is it just life with Esther or is it underscore? Underscore. OK, so hers is life with underscore Esther. So be sure to follow her. Um, she is no longer to aiming for arrows. Um, and was that just on your Insta stories? OK, uh, but if you want to know the whole backstory, reach out to Esther directly and she'll tell you why she changed it. Same vision, same mission, um, just under a different name, um, because she's been doing a lot of planning and brainstorming. And I'm looking forward to all that uh, is getting ready to come out. So be sure to follow us. Um, if you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you know first thing first when they come out uh, or, you know, first when they come out. If you haven't already, also, please be sure to give us a five star rating. Leave some comments. Um, this helps us to uh, be easily more found. See, that's why I need the English teacher, because I'm fumbling up all these words. It makes it easier for other people to find us if you rate us five stars and uh, leave us your comments. And we just want to know um, how we're doing, how we are impacting our audience. So be sure to hit us up, give us some feedback. Um, but join us next time as we continue on this journey to make God normal and help others build a life with gains. 